This is season one, episode one of our comparative law project between the United States and Colombia. We will talk about the legal system, judicial branch, judges, and lawyers. I'll be quickly talking about the legal systems of Colombia. Colombia has common law compared to the United States civil law. It adopts the representative, Republican, and Democratic form of government. The Colombian Constitution is a source and origin of all Colombian law and overrides all of them. The latest Constitution to, to be ratified was in 1991 and has been amended almost every year since 2005. I will be briefly speaking about the judicial branch and the structure of it. The judicial branch has three major branch, uh, courts. The first one, the Constitutional Court. It oversees the constitutionality of all active laws and when challenged, uh, when, when one is challenged in a court. And the second one is the Supreme Court of Justice. It is the most powerful court of civil, criminal, and labor cases and can overturn appeal decisions by superior tribunals, which I'll talk about briefly later. The next one is the Council of State, the highest court in handling administrative conduct and, um, oh shit. It, again, okay. the Council of State, it handles the highest court in handling administrative conduct um, and can decide if a government decrees are invalid and if a government should pay damages to certain co uh, contracted groups. Now back to superior tribunals. So superior tribunals are heads of judicial districts. Each district has a municipal and district courts underneath the superior tribunal. Then, uh, the federal government also has three other major offices in the judicial branch. Uh, first being the Attorney General's Office, which is an independent office that investigates and prosecutes public and private people, and has to state its opinion on public matters and warn about potentially illegal activities. The next major office is the National Comptroller's Office, which is, has fiscal control and um, over the accounts and expenditures of the Colombian government. It also audits different sectors of the government and makes sure all, all money is in line throughout the government. And the last one, major office, is the Office of the Inspector General, which keeps public officials in line as in charge of investigating into possible violations of their laws by public officials. It determines to what uh, degree an official is liable for the, and the re repercussions for his actions. Now, Junior, can you explain how one would go about becoming a judge on one of these courts? Yeah, so to become a judge in Colombia, you're going to have to go through five years of law school, similar to the style of the U.S. Um, after these five years, uh, they have to practice law, so they do so by becoming uh, lawyers and just practicing for a couple years before actually becoming a judge. So, uh, talking about judges in Colombia in today's day, uh, they have a difficult relationship with the citizens of Colombia. Uh, the judges in Colombia are seen as a little bit corrupt. This comes from uh, the president of Constitutional Court, Jorge Perlet, who faces allegations of bribery, uh, 500 million, million pesos for issuing ruling in favor of an oil company. He's also let go of a very dangerous drug lord in Colombia, which has people really questioning him. Uh, this kind of makes sense because when I was younger, I visited Colombia and I remember hearing in a grocery store two women talk about a corrupt judge who had sentenced one of their relatives and the same judge actually let go of a different person for the exact same crime. So they were just talking about corruption in that way. So that was a little interesting part that I uh, remember from visiting Bogota. When I, when I was also in Colombia, my, uh, my friend's mother's boyfriend 
um, was also charged with some corruption charge in the government. Um, really? So he went to jail for, um, I think, uh, like a year and a half or so. A whole year and a half. Yes. Uh, and after that, he that's like crazy. he like appealed back and yeah. eventually... Well, and that's a good part because yeah. just like in the U.S., they have an appeals process. Exactly, exactly, yes. yeah. And... Um, he actually won the appeal, and he was given, awarded, I don't know, a fair amount of money, um, and he was let go, and now he built, with the money that he got from this appeal process, and from the, the right, money right. that the Colombian government, government paid to him, yep. he built, like, a little village in his town to, for, like, the poor. Mm. And that's so that shows that the justice system, despite all these challenges, continues yeah. to work. Yeah, it, yeah, it's capable of functioning yep. if, if you do it well. That's crazy. Like uh, Junior talked earlier, it takes um, five years in Colombia to get your law degree, opposed to in the U.S., where you take four years of undergraduate school, you then take the LSAT, and then take three more years of law school, which is a total of seven years. Um, lawyers in Colombia then take the ECAES, which is a uh, test that allows you to practice law at legal clinics while you're still in school, and that is pro bono work. Just like America has pro bono work, which is just free work required by the government, but not always done. So it's not really enforced all the time. Um, in Colombia, once you graduate, you can either write your dissertation essay or work in an institution for 6 to 24 months. When you write your dissertation, you get the title Abogado, or Advocate of the Law. That is similar to the U.S., where a lawyer must take their bar exam to be able to practice law. In Colombia, though, there are further more requirements where you, um, to appear in front of government, authority, or a court, you must be registered in the National Lawyers Registry, which is just a public record of lawyers for Colombia. And then to start working as a certified lawyer, you must obtain a professional card from the Ministry of Justice. This was season one, episode one of our Comparative Law Project. Next week, we will be talking about the Challenges in the legal system of Colombia compared to the U.S. Thank you. Ciao. Hasta luego. <laughs> this is season one, episode two of our comparative law project between the United States and Colombia. Today we'll be talking about the issues with the legal system and the political climate in Colombia. Uh, we'll be talking about the mass, uh, massive problem of uh, corruption, and uh, we'll be com comparing it to the United States issues with their legal system as well. The first major issue with the Colombian legal system is how they have multiple high courts. At uh, multiple times, these high courts have disagreed on issues and caused conflict between the judges on both these high courts. Most commonly, um, one of the um, plaintiffs has like appealed to the constitutional court where they decide what the other higher court decided was constitutional or not and then that also creates another set of tension as well between the constitutional court and the other higher courts uh, so so is there confusion in um, interpreting the law there or like what do you mean by that yeah so the the constitutional court is the interpretation court yeah and then but the other two higher courts are the ones that decide if it's um, like, they're basically just trial courts. There's right. higher trial courts. Okay. Instead, so, of, instead, instead of like the Supreme Court, how it's just like an appellate court, Yeah. it's 
that's what the constitutional court is for to them. So it raises like similar questions to the U.S. in terms of what does the law really say? Yeah. And, like interpretations of it vary. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it can get very political, kind of like in the, the U.S. how there's definitely like a, a left and a right yeah. side. Um, and there's definitely politics involved in judicial Yeah, and speaking process. about that, uh, politicians and in the um, politicians from the right wing uh, actually impose terror in a lot of parts of Colombia by fighting left wing um, guerrillas. Uh, guerrillas, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah. there's a lot of like terror in Colombia because those mm -hmm. two groups have been going at it yeah. with violence, yeah. They actually just like created that, uh, that agreement, I think it was like a year or two ago. Um, I think it passed by like less than 1%. They had oh, a public yeah, vote yeah. on it, remember? Yeah. Um, I was talking to somebody at work who works for like a Colombian coffee company and he used to live in like fart controlled, gorilla controlled area. Mm. And I asked him like what he thought about this and like if he thought it was helpful. He, he had a very interesting perspective because he was like, he had like family members kidnapped right. by uh, the FARC and like he was yeah. extorted by them, but he was more than willing to help assimilate um, FARC members back into the, even his community, because his community was chosen as one of like, the wow. areas. And he was he was very, like, he's like, I think it's a good idea, like, we need to get these people, like, yeah. back into Colombian, like, standards. So kidnapping, that's an issue, because in judges, um, some of the higher court judges and their family members are being kidnapped because... Judges don't feel safe making um, controversial decisions in Colombia. Mm -hmm. So that also relates really well to like the recent events with the bombings, like the bombs being sent to all these political, yeah. high political mm -hmm. figures in the United States. Yeah, like Obama and Michelle. Yeah, I saw that. Like yeah, Hillary Clinton got week. one. I yeah. think there's t over ten now. Yeah, which is absurd. So it's so it's happening in other places of the world too. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, along yeah. with um, judges, lawyers have been getting like murdered or like threatened by different people to like like help certain people or help certain sides, and right, that's yeah. been happening with judges too. Bribery, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Bribery. bribery and just murdering like mm -hmm. significant people in the judicial system. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That just that just shows you how fear is instilled in that just the system, mm -hmm. yeah, the political yeah. climate. Yeah, uh, like one decision just impacts it, it, your life. Yeah, it really can. It can really set off like a, a time bomb. We can cut this. Yeah, we can, we can, we can cut this. Um, mark a flag. Yeah, flag that. Um, right, so I, I also have information on like problems with getting things through the courts. Like, what do you mean? Or should we talk about overpopulation in the prisons? Sure, yeah. We can talk oh, yeah. About uh, well, the United States has an issue with um, mass incarceration, and you can see that with their prisons. Um, uh, United States mass inc uh, United States um, prisons, or the population in general, um, 737 uh, people out of 100,000 people are incarcerated. And um, compared to the uh, Columbia's 240 out of 100,000, yeah. and um, Columbia's prisons are just absolutely just just populated. Mm -hmm. uh, United States um, prisons are they're just building prison after prison, and that just feeds into the system of uh, mass incarceration. And, yeah, the United States prisons are like filled at like 106 percent or so of their capacity, mm -hmm. while Colombians are at 147 yeah. percent. So their prisons are completely overflowing. Yeah. Yeah. And then the United, when more people getting arrested, um, 
uh, private private businesses and um, uh, the prisons just profit even more yeah. from that. So it's like humanitarian. Yeah, stuff, yeah. they have quotas um, where they have to fill up. So, yeah. yeah. While I was in Colombia, as I mentioned in the last podcast, my my friend's mom's boyfriend was arrested and he was in jail for about a year and a half or so. Um, so while I was in Colombia, what one thing he does is every uh, every month he makes like 150 sandwiches and brings pop to the jail. So I went along with them and helped hand out all these sandwiches and the drinks to the prisoners. And you did that. Yes, <laughs> it was awesome. It was it was a really cool experience, but. It was also very interesting seeing how they lived. They, they, they always kind of came out of nowhere. The prison looked pretty small. It was not very like crowded. Yeah, it was very crowded, and the hallways to get to their rooms were tiny, and people just kind of kept on flooding it out and out. It was crazy, but they had one main area where they all met, and that place was packed. There was like no place to sit down. You could like the only time you got to sit down is if you're playing like chess or a board game. Mm-hmm. But they, but which was also interesting because when you look at their prison compared to like a U.S. prison, everybody like plays sports or lifts weights or whatever in prison in the United States. When I was there, people were doing arts and crafts, making T-shirts, making little lanyards, really? playing playing games. I I think I even got a bag um, from one of the prisoners to, ha- to give to my mom, which was really interesting. So. I feel like that's something that... So that's something pretty good that the U.S. could, like... Learn from, learn yeah. Look to adopt, you know? Yeah, something a little more yeah. than just getting big and... I guess right. we do we do try to educate. And we or have we, rehab centers, too. Yeah. But, not like, classes of art and stuff like that, so... Yeah. It would be... I feel like that'd be more yeah. helpful. Mm-hmm. Or having bigger options than that. Right, right. Yeah. And the last problem that I found with the Colombian justice system was the the speed that it takes to execute um, like a contract and a judgment. Um, according to the World Bank, it estimates that's uh, almost four years just to enforce one Colombian contract, which is just a little absurd. Um, four years, just a little. Just a little absurd, in my opinion, because um, that I can mean a, like a if somebody needs that money to. Do like pay for healthcare, right. pay for something. It could probably mean a, another larger chunk of debt that the person that has the judgment is owed. Yeah. So they. So do they need to pay up front then? Like, I don't know. Like in the U.S., where they have different types of. Um, like the bail. Are you talking about yeah, the bail? Different yeah. Types of bails. I don't know. So uh, with all these people in prison, I bet um, judges and court systems also have a overload of ca- uh, overload of cases. Yeah. So similar to the U.S. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if there's like. Yeah, I couldn't find like ways that they try to reduce. You know, like how we have uh, pleas. Plea bargaining. Yeah, and... plea bargaining and like the the ADR we just talked about. Yep. I couldn't find anything. I can I can't imagine they don't have pleas. I feel like that's a fairly simple concept, but I can, in mo- most of my research, I couldn't find anything on how the actual justice system, like the courts worked, or at least I couldn't find an article in English how it worked. So we've talked about the issues in Colombia. What like main issues do you guys see in the American justice system? Like compared to the, like, the Colombian one? Like, yeah, or just yeah. in general. Um, I think it's fairly similar. I think most court systems throughout the whole world kind of face 
similar issues. Um, many overcrowded, um, never quick in any manner. Yeah, we've but, also seen like um, mass incarceration like disproportionate to like the um, race of the United States. Mm-hmm. So like African Americans are incarcerated at a much higher rate than their like population within the United States. Yeah. Um, have you guys seen anything about that in the Colombian system or? I have not, and I feel because I haven't, it probably isn't that big of an issue. That's what I was thinking also. Like, if, if it was a large issue, it's a very large issue in the United States, and it's, like, if you search problems in the United States judicial system, you're going to find something on race. And, um, so, I like, when I when I was in the prison, there was mainly just primarily Colombians. There was one English dude, and <laughs> beyond that, everybody else was just, like, a Colombian human being. There's no, there's no other races beyond that. Right. So, the U.S. uses common law, Colombia uses civil law, yet both have a huge problem with uh, mass incarceration. So, there's not really a right or wrong answer to this, it's just um, yeah. a lot of steps have to be taken, you know? Yeah, they, they've been trying to reform it. I think the article I read on the Columbia reports is like, since 2005 they've been trying to, but since those three high courts can never agree on literally anything, right? that's very hard since... Um, to, to reform them, since if none of them agree on it, then they'll never get anywhere, really. So. This was Season 1, Episode 2 of our Comparative Law Project between the United States and Columbia. See you next week.